Yeah, we're still working through our music library on the bumper music. We're going to... It's nice. It's nice. I liked it. It's peaceful. It's there. Next, gonna, next week's going to be ACDC. All right, so... No, I'm joking, please. People walk. Like, <laughs> I'm leaving. Okay. Um, man. All right, so right now uh, they're going to collect those. Are they... Just pass them to the center is what we're going to do here. Sorry about that. Awesome. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Bob. All right. Let's pray. God, have your way in this place today. Um, Do what you want to do. Just pray that. You know, that we, as we leave here today, that we wouldn't be, um, we would not be the same as when we came in. And so I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, um, girls, I just want to say that I don't even, I haven't even met you yet. I'm Andy. Hi. I just want to say this to you, though. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, and they are not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. I feel like God wants to say that to you. You have a future. You have a hope. You're in. Even though stuff is crazy, God has got you in his hands. And he loves you right where you're at. And so we'll talk later. But I want to continue on uh, with this series of, uh, of, what is it called? Good and Enduring Pursuit. It would be nice if I knew the title. Um, and before we continue on, I, w- I would like to recognize 30 years ago today was the day that Ferris Bueller <laughs> skipped school. So, and we all got to be a part of that. And so, it was good stuff, all right? And so, anyone? Anyone remember that? Anyone? Bueller? Okay, so, yeah, I, I, in Chicago, yes, that was awesome. So, um, I own that movie. That's a good movie. So, uh, it's good stuff. So, anyways, uh, we were talking, or not we were talking, I was thinking uh, this morning just about a lot of a lot of stuff you know that's happening around us a lot of stuff that's going around uh going on in the nation a lot of stuff that's going on in people's lives and just that that God God is on the move and that there's there we could look at you know you could look at the headlines and think geez OP you know what the heck but then you look at the people around you and you see other stuff that's going on that's good stuff and uh and so I want to I just want to continue this series uh, we're on the second part of a three-part series called an Enduring Pursuit. And, and so we talked last week out of Hebrews 12 and uh, 1 through 4 and 
talked about the race and how we need to run with endurance and how there's a cloud of witnesses that is surrounding us, that is cheering us on, and that we have to keep our eyes focused on Christ. Uh, just like that runner who's running that has to keep focused on the goal because if we focus where we're at when we're running, if you guys have ever ran, you are in trouble because you're like, my body is shutting down right now, okay? All right? Or if you lift weights like I do, just joke, I don't really lift weights at all. Um, I lifted a weight for someone once, and, um, but the pain, okay, that pain, that there's pain in growth, all right? And so, but we see that if we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, that, that we in fact, uh, like Jolene said, from the depths can cry out to God. And so when we're out on those runs or when we're, out, when we're in a dark place, we can, from the depths of, of who we are and who Christ is in us, we can get through what we're going through and know that there's a purpose and a plan in, in life. And so we talked about what is faith. Faith is the enduring pursuit. And that enduring means lasting and permanent, and pursuit is a quest that means you're going on a search for something. And then we ask ourselves these questions. What has my faith cost me? Is my faith cheap? And what will I spend my life pursuing? And so as we, we look today, we're going to turn uh, to Acts chapter 9. And in Acts chapter 9, we're going to see uh, someone who was on an enduring pursuit. And we're going to back up a, a little bit there and... Um, into chapter 7, and we're not going to read all of it, though. Uh, basically, here's what's going on. The church is young. Uh, the church is excited. Uh, this was, you know, after Jesus had been crucified, raised from the dead, as it ascended, the Holy Spirit had come. The church is, is growing in numbers, and we saw that a few weeks ago. We saw that in Acts 2, where 3,000 people come to know Jesus and walk in a relationship with Him. And, and so... At the same time, it's young, it's excited, it's also being persecuted, all right? Because we have to put ourselves in this situation because what they're doing here is what? From the eyes of a Jewish person, this is complete and total blasphemy to God, all right? This is a complete and total, you, you called this man who came the Messiah, but we're still waiting on him. And so basically, they, they thought these people are causing big-time trouble. And I'm sure some of them thought, these people are crazy, all right? And so the church is young. It's facing persecution. We're, we're hearing from Luke for the second time. This is the, also the author of the Gospel of Luke. And so it's said that uh, Acts can be summed up as this, the unstoppable mission of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to the end of the earth is what we can look at Acts as. And so we look at a guy who's on an enduring pursuit here. Saul is a well-educated, respected young man. He's been taught by the best of the best. He's a Pharisee. And so he knows his stuff. Unlike us today where we pull out our phones to check our facts, they just had the facts in their heads. All right? Kind of like us during the 80s when we knew people's telephone numbers. Okay? Uh, I know Jen's number. 
There we go. All right? And I know a couple other peoples. If I did not have my phone, I would be in big-time trouble, okay? So they knew this stuff, all right? We, it, was a, it was an oral tradition. Uh, there was stuff written down, but it was mostly passed on um, through word of mouth. And, and so what we have here is this guy that's super well-educated. And guess what? He wants to live a life that pleases the Lord. And so he is on an enduring mission here. And his enduring mission at the time is to rid the world of the people that followed the way, that followed Jesus Christ. And he really felt like, you know, this is something that we need to do. Matter of fact, when Stephen stood up and gave his eloquent, eloquent speech, which Stephen wasn't an eloquent person, but he gave this eloquent speech, and he says this, he goes through the history of how Israel has turned its back on, on God. And he goes through and he calls and he says, even now, you're doing the very same thing that you did when you ignored Moses and Abraham and Isaac. And he says, this is what's going on. And their response to that was very negative, it, and it resulted in what is considered historically the first Christian martyr. And so Stephen is dead, but who, who witnesses this? Not, Saul witnesses this. They laid the coats down at his feet, and he gave approval to this because he thought this needs to be done. This needs to be squashed. And so he goes on and he gets permission to pursue, uh, to pursue this thing uh, in squashing out the, the way is what they called it. And, and so he witnessed this stoning. He gives approval to it. And then he goes on and he goes on his enduring pursuit his quest was what? It was simple. It was to take these people that believed in Jesus Christ and it was to end their lives or bring them to trial. And if it resulted in ending their lives, one way or another, this was going to end. So he gets permission uh, and he goes to Damascus. He's on his way there. And all of a sudden, this light strikes. And so it says this in uh, chapter 9. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest, and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says he recognizes, he didn't recognize the voice, but he recognizes it's a voice of something that's bigger than him. And he says, who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are per persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now, this happens, and so we think about this for a second. We think about it. he's on the road to Damascus, he's, and, he, and he sees this light, and he hears this voice, and the voice immediately brings conviction to what he's doing. And he asks, who is this? And the voice says, it's Jesus, the one that you're persecuting. And they stood there. They were speechless, but they saw that as they lift him off the ground that he was blinded by this light, and that for the next three days... He would not eat. He would not drink. He would just spend time in prayer 
as he stayed at the house on Straight Street. Now, can you imagine housing this guy? Okay? It's not like he wasn't well known. It's not like he, you know, he was infamous. They knew what was coming when Saul was coming. And so he houses this guy and he, and he says, he says, is there anybody named Ananias? No. Okay, well, God in the meantime is going to go to Ananias and say, listen, you need to get up. You need to go to Saul and you're going to lay hands on him. All right? Now, on a one-on-one, I was thinking about this, on a one-on-one situation, I don't know, if, well, I don't know what Ananias looked like. He probably had a pretty good beard, I can imagine which makes you, what, twice the man as a shaved guy. So, you, <laughs> 1.5. Okay, so you can imagine, I mean, maybe on a one-on-one situation, okay? But I, I still think there was, there was obviously some fear there because there was a resistance that said, basically, who, me? Like, are you sure? Are you sure you want me to go do this? And, and so he, he then lays hands on Saul, and at that point, he can see. And what happens here is this major conversion, because it wasn't like, I can see, now I can go on with my life. It was the realization that something was different, that something clicked in his heart. And so as the light strikes, I couldn't help but think this hit me and... and And we go to Matthew 5, and it says this, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. This is verse 14. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, I wonder if there are people in our life like Saul who who intimidate us because of the way they might act or the things that they might say or their disbelief in God. And so, like Ananias, we dare not approach them with this good news. And so a fear comes over us. But I I was wondering and contemplating this, are we supposed to be that light shown That was the same light that was shown around Saul and his followers. That, a matter of fact, that when we walk into the room, that something changes. Because if we turn the lights off completely in here and someone lit a candle, there is a change that happens in the atmosphere. And so are we not supposed to be those same kind of people that are that are? Our lights are shining. And see, what we're going to find out here is this, that, that Paul goes on and he is not going to have a, a life that he could have had, that he did have. He had a life of, we won't say luxury, but he was, he was good to go, right? He had much. And so he, he's going to give all of this up. He's going, to write the, he's going to write 13 books of the New Testament. He's going to shape Christianity. And through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit using him, he's going to be used. And so we take this guy that really, if we were around him, he's, he's much like the people that we kind of, if we were going to be real, we kind of write off. And we say, geez. Now, what if we, what if we had a different perspective on that? 
where we had a person that was vile. And our perspective on that person is God's going to use them one day. And we prayed that over them. Maybe they don't even know that you're praying it over them, but you're praying it over them consistently. When you interact with them, you don't interact with them in some way that you feel sorry for them, but you interact with them in, in, in some way that, you know what? God is in control here. You know, you speak life into them. How many people that we interact with daily would you think maybe no one has ever spoken life into their existence? No one's ever spoke the reality of Jesus into their hearts. And so in this case, Jesus speaks the reality of why are you doing this. But I think we're called to say, listen, God loves you, man. God loves you, woman. Whoever it is that he cares for you, that your existence matters, and that God is going to use you in a mighty way. And so I just... Over this church, what I want to say is this, that we are to be the light, that every opportunity presents us with a choice. Every opportunity that we have presents us with a choice, whether to follow Christ or whether not to. I don't believe in a middle ground that's gray. I believe that there's black and white. I believe that you're going to follow Christ or you're not going to follow Christ, that you're going to mess up too but you're going to get up and you're going to follow Christ. See, because Paul wasn't perfect at all. And I think sometimes what we like to do is we like to glorify these biblical characters as if they didn't have anything that was wrong with them. All right? And so here he is going to see, and, and he's going to shed light on people's lives. He's going to write letters that are going to impact people, that are going to, that are going to shape the very culture of that area, that are going to shape the very lives of the people, that even today as we read through his, his uh, letters, as we, as we read through the New Testament, that we get this idea that, man, following Christ cost everything. I cannot read through the Gospels. I can't read through the Epistles. I can't read through these letters and say, it didn't cost these guys anything. See, because he went from a stature of here, Pharisee, young, know-it-all guy, to how are we going to kill him? And the only way to get rid of a guy like Paul is what? To kill him. And so your influence goes well beyond what you think. You're not weak, but you're strong because Christ lives within you. You are not worthless. You have worth because Christ lives within you. You have value because Christ lives within you. Your life is not a mistake you are to be used as an instrument of God's grace and mercy because Christ lives within you. And our lifestyle should not be one that God has to come down and say, Andy, why are you persecuting me? But our lifestyle needs to be one that when we walk into the room, like I said before, that the existence, that the, that the area, that there's change that happens in the atmosphere, not because of us walking in, but because of Christ living in us. An enduring pursuit is going to happen. 
You're going to go one way or you're going to go another. You're going to follow Christ or you're not going to follow Christ. The enduring pursuit that Saul was originally on was a mistake. And now think about this. Is there grace enough for a guy that was seeing the killing and participating in the killing or overseeing the killing or the persecution of Christians, is there grace enough for you and I in the stuff that we've done? Let me tell you something. God cares about you. He's not really concerned about what you did in your past as long as you're willing to look towards the future and go for a pursuit that's after him because he's willing to forgive you. He's willing to move on. The question is, are you willing to move on? Are you willing to stop beating yourself up for things that happened 20 years ago, 15 years ago, a week ago, that you just can't carry on? There is grace enough in the kingdom of God for everything that you've done, every mistake that you've made, every missaid word that you've said, every thought that you had that was against the, the kingdom of God or against the will of God. He can forgive that. When you've walked away from him, he is there for you. See, you talk, and we're going to talk next week, about the enduring pursuit of God after us. See, he's coming after us. And that's what we need to realize. You are not bad enough to not be counted as a child of the Most High. There is nothing that you can do. And when you're young, 30 and under, 20 and under, you all are in a position to absolutely change the world. I think what we do is we kind of lock you into this stage of, well, you're just kids. Well, that's a stupid idea. And that idea does not fly here. You're not just kids. You are world changers. You are going to impact the culture. You're going to stand up for what is right, right where you are. And Mia says this to me, my, one of my um, nine-year-olds says this to me. She goes, Dad, will I, be, will I always be okay for For believing in Jesus. And I said, Mia, following Jesus is a dangerous thing. And I think in this society that we live in right now, and I don't mean this, please don't take this in the wrong way, but we are raising some weenies. We're raising some weak links. And we as a church, we need to raise our kids so that they can do stuff. And they can do hard stuff. Because I think, and even for us adults, we've lived in a society where, man, I mean, think about it. The poorest person in Lakeland is richer than 80% of the world's population. We live in a society where things, if you, even if you're having a hard time, you know, and if you've been other places, you're living better than a lot of people. 
And so we've got to teach our kids. We've got to do hard stuff. You know, we've got to not get this item and sacrificially give here and, and lean on Christ instead of leaning on our own understanding of what we should do. And so I believe that we have a generation of kids that is going to be used in a powerful way. And I told me, I said, I, I cannot look you in the eye, Mia, and tell you that you're always going to be safe for following Jesus. I can't because it doesn't, it doesn't equate when people die and are martyred still today. I can't look at her and say, you know what, you're safe. I don't know. And we have to face that reality is this, that our kids, we're going to encourage our children to take a year before they, if they go to college, if they go to college, is a year before whatever they decide to do, go out and see what's out there. See what, go do something for God in another nation. And there, here's the harsh reality for us. If we encourage that, we also have to know that there could be consequences that are going to be involved there. And we always pray, God, we pray for your protection. You know, Francis Chan once said, what if we just pray, God, have your way? Have your way. And if I die, I die. But it's going to be for you. When we think about, and I don't encourage you to go out and die. Okay, I'm not encouraging that. But I can tell you what, there was a spark that was lit when Stephen was stoned. Things got real. And so when, you, when we have to say this enduring pursuit, what is it costing me? Has it recently cost you your pride even to say sorry to someone and forgive them when you feel like maybe you haven't done anything wrong? Has it cost you time to pray for someone that you might view as an enemy and earnestly pray for them? Has it cost you popularity? That's more for teenagers. Because you have chosen to walk a way that is different. That you can still communicate with people that are doing that stuff. And you still love them. And you're not judging them. But you're praying for them and saying, you know, there's a better way. There's a better way to live. Have we taken the lies, guys, have we taken the lies of what beauty is and what our spouses, our girlfriends, our people that we are attracted to should look like? And have we taken that and said, you know what, God, you've created someone for me. And they don't have to be perfect. Because you made them, therefore they are perfect. In a day and age where we have to be careful what we see, be careful what we intake. An enduring pursuit is one that says, it's going to cost me myself. The things that I want to do, that I'm pursuing, if they're not for you, God, then I don't want to do it. Very practical stuff. It might be the car you want. Maybe you can afford this car and, and God says, no, I want you to give that instead to 
missions, or I want you to give it to this family. Because then, I mean, when we start hitting the pocketbook in America, that's when things get real for us. Because I think too easily what we do is we can, we can find that we're trying to give ourselves into the kingdom. Because here's the reality is this, that, and, and this, is, this is just a reality check for where we're at. And not where we're going to be, but where we're at is this. We can have Mike and Sue O'Brien, and I love them to death. I love them. And we have $1,600 to them. And then we can have an event that we're going to go feed some people, and 10 people show up. That's an issue. And we've got to say, what is it costing us? Well, it's going to cost you time. When we, when we go into those neighborhoods over here, Guess what? It's going to cost us time. We can't just write a check for that. We've got to show up and we've got to be there. And when we, when we go to mentor these kids at Medell Elementary School, we can't just write a check to that. You know, when, and, and when Ray goes to Puerto Rico, we can't just write a check to Ray. We could or we could go. And I want you guys to start thinking about this. It didn't work out for me in my schedule on when he goes on this next trip. And that trip is closed now? It's closed now. The next trip is going to be around February. And I want you to start thinking about this. This is Ray Maldonado. He goes here. And he leads uh, trips to Puerto Rico. And it's part of the Puerto Rico uh, par- partnership for, with Vineyard. And I want you to start thinking about it's, about, it's going to be about a $1,200 trip, roundabouts, it's a week long. I want you to start thinking about that, February. How many people have gone? Zero from this church. I think it's okay to say, man, you're really getting honest, Andy. Well, who cares? Are we going to get real or are we just going to like float around and pretend like everything's all right? It's not. Okay? We want people to go to Puerto Rico from this church to see what God's doing down there. And you're going to do some stuff down there. And God's going to use you to do that. Start saving now. It's in February. You've got plenty of time. Okay, and if you feel, pray about it, and okay, God's telling me, yeah, I want to do that. Well, guess what? Stop eating at McDonald's. Start putting it towards that, or whatever you're doing that you're doing extra. Stop doing that. Stop going and getting a forty dollar drink from Starbucks. It's not that good, anyways. Okay, the marketing's just sold you. I mean, Dunkin' Donuts is killing them. Okay, so okay, so stop doing that. All right, and you know, put it towards that. Well, I mean, you're really, the enduring pursuit, it's part of it. And if you're not going to do that, guess what? Do something else. Do the hard stuff, like walk up to somebody and say, you look great today. That's awesome. Good job. You know, Chuck, good job on that thing you did. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But seriously, we think about this. Our words have a huge impact on people. And a lot of times what we try to do in this, in this pursuit is we try to be, we go through life and we're kind of negative. Forty good things happen. One bad thing happens. My day's ruined. <laughs> Why don't we do that as a body? Encourage people. Dude, that's awesome, man. I saw, I saw you praying for that person, man. That's, that's cool. I'm glad you're stepping out and doing that stuff, you know. I want to I do that. I want to do that with you. I mean, it's little stuff, man. 
Think about what made you feel like awesome as a kid. I like those new shoes. You felt like you could run 45 miles an hour. And I think everybody has a kid living inside of them. And so when you say the little stuff, guess what? Iron sharpens iron. You don't have to come up with some, thus saith the Lord Almighty, blessed be the Holy One. I want to give this to you. If you have that, that's good. There's little stuff you can say too. You know? Why are we so afraid to do that? So pursue Christ together. We want to be the light that's shown in a room. We want to be an impactful person. All right? And let me tell you something. If you don't have thousands of people coming to see you or gathering on a hill to listen to your sermon, that's okay. The people that are listening to you, what are they thinking of you? And what are they seeing? Think about the direct impact that you're making right where you're at and the future and eternal position that those people are going to be in because you're making an impact on their lives. And it's okay to be real with people. Every day is not a good day. All right, there's days where every we every day of the week felt like Monday. All right, and that's okay as long as we're looking ahead to the future and saying things are going to get better. I know they are, and if I have to wait till eternity for it to get better, then I'm willing to wait because God, you're worth it. And so I don't want to. I don't want to just leave today. You know, I want to know just where we're at. Um, is that, I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, I guess immediate feedback is good, right? Is that resonating with anyone? And then stand up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, this is this is really important. Last week, Connie got up and said, "There's somebody here whose heart's been broken." Hmm. Remember that? And here's what she said to me in the office. She said, "You know, I didn't really want to get up, Dave, because I get up all the time." And I said, "Connie, when was the last time you got up?" She said. Oh, maybe two months ago. Too much. I said people can't remember the week before, let alone two months ago. So they're not thinking, oh, there she goes again. No, but I want want you to hear this. That person came up at the end of the service and said, that was me. Hmm. I have the broken heart. Now, I want to say this to you. Everybody gets to play, but you've got to determine that you're going to play. And when God says, okay, I want you to play, you're going to have to take a risk to play. You know, you can just come here and occupy these dark seats, or you can play. And who knows but whose heart's going to be touched because you were willing to to play. Listen. Either we all play or it just becomes a slogan that doesn't mean anything. 
we use terms like, we get to do the stuff. If all that is, is a saying, it has little or no meaning. But I want to tell you, and this is what he's talking about, God saying to his church, you get to play and you get to do the stuff in a culture that needs to see that reality. And so I, what I say to you is, if he taps you on the so- shoulder, or he may need to push you in the back, you need to do it. You need to do it because you never know whose life is going to be impacted because you said yes to God. Hi, good morning. Um, I just want to say that no matter what we do, we are heard everywhere. And um, our impressions of children especially make a big impact in their lives. Just last week, um, Lita, she got a accepting award from her school, meaning that she accepts everybody, no matter who they are, race, religion, mm. it doesn't matter. She loves everybody. And it's um, awesome. It's, it's truly awesome. I was, I'm very proud of her. And to know that how God just works and how he just loves everybody. And it's shown through her and through our actions. That's really cool. No, you just leave it on. You just sat there. That's fine. Awesome. So, uh, when when something when something resonates, um, there's a there's a continual uh, ripple effect that happens from this from resonation and and um, you know, you're John. You're good. She's good. Ser- who cares, dude? It's like just stay in here um, and so I, I just want us to be those people that resonate wherever we go uh, and not calling us well, I'm not calling us to perfection but I'm calling us on a pursuit after God and I mean all in pursuit that we are loving God we're loving people and you see we could take that and just kind of move on Lita, how old are you? 12, 13? 12. 12. Loving God, loving people. 12. How many of us in this room maybe need to take some of our cynical views as we've gotten older and we need to get rid of them? How many of us need to walk out of this room today and we need to say, you know what? I, if I'm going to be honest... I cannot look at myself and say I'm on a 100% enduring pursuit of Christ. And it's like, here's the deal. We come into church and it's like, it's a shame that we would say that. It's a shame that we would be real. Let me tell you something. There's a word I want to use, two syllables, stupid. That's stupid. That thought is stupid. I'm just telling you right now. It's not okay to think that you can't be real here. If there are people that you could be able to slip up in front of, guess what? It should be right here. But yet we walk in here and like we think everybody's like perfect. Newsflash, not real. That's a lie. 
okay? But are we on a pursuit? And so if that's you, what, is your name Jonathan? I just saw I have pretty good vision. I'm not calling you. You have a name tag on. All right. Don't worry. Sometimes I wear it to lunch and people are like, Andy. I'm like, what the heck? Okay. Okay. How old are you? 14 years old. All right. Cool. Um, God's going to use you uh, in a big way. I don't know. Do you, uh, we'll talk, but God is, God's going to use you. Um, are you Robert's nephew or something? Okay. So you got a good role model there. Robert's a good dude. Um, he's going to use you. I don't know in what, do you play music? You don't play music. Okay. Well, that was wrong then. All right. But I don't know. I just wanted to say that over you, that God is, that's God's got you and that he is protecting you and that he loves you. And it's okay for you to stand up for Jesus. And if you don't even know who Jesus is, I'd love to introduce him to you. I'm sure Robert has or will, okay? And because your life is going to change other people's lives for certain. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, what's up? Um, this morning, well, let me let me back up. Um, I know that a lot of you have been praying for our family this week. Um, John's nieces have been living in Texas with their mom and their dad, and um, they have um, they've been abused, and they fled here to us this week, and. Um, they're with us now, but we were really hoping to bring their mom out of that, too, and she really didn't feel like she was worthy. And um, this morning, I was just talking to the Lord while I was getting ready, and I really felt like the Lord said that he was going to break something off of them, um, that he was going to just begin healing their hearts. And I was like, well, yeah, I know. And then the Lord said, I'm going to do that for others, too. And so I just want to, I just prayed about what that meant. And so here's the risk part. Um, I feel like, especially as women, um, we are victimized for one thing. And there's somebody in here that, or maybe multiple women in here especially, that have been holding in some abuse that they suffered And this morning, our girls are going to get some freedom. But the Lord wants you to come up. At some point, Andy is going to ask people to come up and pray for you. And I just want you to know that I, too, have, um, I'm still healing over some brokenness that I suffered. But the Lord wants you to come forward and receive healing because you're a light to a younger generation that needs and you did not suffer what you endured 
for nothing. Bring somebody else out of it and be a light to somebody else and shine. Yeah. Hey, let's do and we're gonna we're gonna um, continue here. Here's the deal. If that if that's you, okay, ladies, if that struck a chord with you. All right, and you want to, and is it okay if we pray with you all, first of all? Is that all right? Okay, ladies, if that's you, or if maybe you've walked through that, or you, you've walked, and you've been, and you've overcome that, right now, just go to them. They're right here, all right? Let's do that. Like, don't hesitate, just go. If it struck a chord with you, you can bring them up here, that's fine. Come right over here, girls. And so, God, we pray for their mom, too. God, it, 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 yeah. Their mother was rescued out of where she was last night. She is here. She's in our home right now. Oh, I good. just wanted to give that as a praise report. Awesome. Well, God, and we pray right now, break every chain in Jesus' name. Every chain that holds them back from their purpose in you, I just pray that you would come right now as these ladies minister to them and just have your way. Then Heidi's got something to say. Okay. Um, my heart is just pounding out of my chest. Um, uh, I can look in the place that I'm at, having been here so long. Um, I can look around, and I know most everybody... And I know all these stories and, and, and background, and I know in the freedom that I have in Jesus um, that we're all on this journey, right? And that we're all messed up. But there was a time, a little bit before I got married, um, I guess like four years ago, that I just sat here and and felt such guilt, like no one could understand, like I was so dirty that no one, um, that I couldn't even ask anyone to pray for me, and I would look around, um, I just feel such condemnation, um, just that, um, just that no one would relate, and that I would be judged, which is, is absolutely not true, (laughs) But I know that from this side, and I just wanted to say that if, because um, I don't know, when you said that's, that's stupid or whatever you said, <laughs> you know, that's not how it feels. When you're feeling condemned and guilty, you just, you believe this lie that, that everyone else is fixed and perfect, and it's not true. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to let you know that if you're in that place, God God sees you, and he, he isn't scared. He isn't, you know, offended. He, right. he loves you in that place that you're at. Yeah. And there's lots of people that have been there, too, that you can ask to help you. Um, this is... Um, is for the girls here too, but this is for all of us um, because as Heather said, um, we all face condemnation. Um, We get so used to it sometimes, we don't even know that that's what we're doing. 
So I just want to, this is um, a paraphrase of, of Psalm 139. And in the end of it, it says, in fact, I had written every day of your life in my book long before the first day began. You won't ever understand my care and my thoughts of you, for they are beyond spoken words. To count them would be like counting grains of sand. There would be no end. But if there were, I'd be there even when you stopped counting. That's how much he loves us. He will wait until we're finished counting the grains of sand to be there for us is is never ever too late too bad too ugly too mean none of it none of it can ever separate us Uh, just from a practical standpoint um the if you have a child and you need to slip out and get them, um, you can do that now. And uh, I just want to, as you're doing it, I'll just pray. God, have your way in us. Through us, use us. This week, God, that we, we would be used of you and by you and that you would just have your way. That an enduring pursuit is, is in good times and in bad. But we're looking to you. And we know that. We know that you are our strength, that you are our rock. So just have your way uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you, you need ministry, you need somebody to pray with you, um, they're going to be playing. And so you can come up then. I think there's something you want to say. Ariana. But other than that, you, go, you say, after she speaks, you guys are... Free to go, and we'll see you um, next week.